Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hey, this is Zeta Zhang, and you are listening to SGP Podcast. Are you ready? You're listening to the SGP Podcast. You are listening to the longest-running weekly episodic Filipino wrestling podcast. This is the SGP Podcast. Stan C. and Romaran bringing you a very special episode this week. Hey! One, because we are on Camus roll. isn't here. Oh, that's not why it's special. Well, yeah, that, that's not why that's it's not special, why it's though. Special. It, it's kind of common. Nah, it's just you and me, uh. no commas in the house. But it's it's special because, one, yes, we are on a roll coming off of last week's epic episode with the Council of Trabajadores. Which you were not here for. Yes, which I was not there for. But I did enjoy it. Yes, so shout out you. to all the members of the PWR <laughs> roster who were part of that great arc. Everybody was working behind the scenes. Everyone who was in the ring. Uh, it's, it was great to hear th- those stories. Uh, I'm not sure if we were able to share the story about how we were actually the ones who oh. provided the initial trabajadores. Oh yeah, masks. yeah. We, we we also made the the trabajadores happen. Yeah. By providing them with their very first masks. And uh, the promoter who promised to uh, to compensate us for those masks never paid us back. Oh, he ran away with the money. Yeah, you can probably <laughs> guess who that was. Right. But anyway, let's no, move no, on. No, no, just real quick enough for those interested, uh, they were actually. Silver Arhanis mask at the beginning. Yes. And then the silver faded away. And now you are left with what is pretty much white fabric. Yeah, because we bought those from highspots.com. Yeah. And they weren't meant for actual in-ring competition. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, they, then, they were really just for our mm. uh, growing Luchador but mask collection. But I guess it collection. worked out in, in their favor, in, in the Trobador's favor. Yeah, so. and all things do work out. So uh, that, that's just a quick uh, epilogue, I guess, or a quick aside from last week's episode. But on to this week's episode because we've, we got a guest who, you know, when, when, when Ro first mentioned that <laughs> he wanted to get this guest on the show, I was like, I'm not sure if they were they would actually be open to it. Yeah. So, you know, Ro was the one who had to remind me of my mantra in life, which is if you never ask, the answer will always be no. Yeah, that's why we got that's why we were able to get, you know, such such nice interviews with international guests because we are international businessmen. Yes. So, you know, we have interviews with TJ Perkins, Jeff Cobb, Marty DeMoth Martinez, people like that, you know, all around the world. And this week, we are getting you recently released lovely Asian-American, Chinese-American, well, actually full Chinese. She's not, well, she's no Chinese-American, but yeah. she's an American yeah, of Chinese descent. Yeah, she's an American descent. citizen, but, you know, she's not really an American blood it's kind of like how I'm Filipino, uh, how I'm Chinese Filipino. Yeah, like I'm a Filipino okay, of Chinese descent. She's fine, an American fine. of Chinese descent. Very well, very well. She is uh, American of Chinese descent. We have gotten the lovely Zeta Zhang. She's joining us this week. It's a great conversation. Lots of really good stories. You'll hear about her journey from the world of MMA and entertainment to the WWE, how from, she got into the Mayan yeah. Classic. From Virginia to California, what it's like living in you know, an Asian-American household, which is something you, some of you probably know firsthand. Oh, I know all about that yeah. for sure. Uh, she's also going to talk about her relationship with the Chinese PC recruits and all of the little stories in between. So all of that is coming up in just a bit. So 
But before we get to the Zeta Zhang interview, how about we get to what happened in the week of wrestling? So let's start from the beginning. And in this case, the beginning was Saturday when we caught Dominion. All right, where do we even begin? Uh, the seven-star match or Chris Jericho's icy title uh, win? We have to begin with the seven-star match because it finally happened. It finally happened that they gave the IWGP Heavyweight Championship to Kenny Omega after almost two years. Or pretty much uh, yeah, almost, yeah, almost two years. It's a two-year arc. Yeah, it is a two-year arc. And what is pretty much something people would have given up on if it were the WWE was... Played out to really good, ex- you know, really big reactions, real cathartic reactions over there. Yeah. Okay. Admittedly, I di- I skipped the first fall just because I didn't have time for sure, everything. That's fine. It, it was over an hour long, probably probably the longest match I've seen in recent memory. Probably. Yeah. 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 You know, uh, I had a lot of fun watching it, and I'm coming in as an NJPW casual, right? But I know the story, like I know the meta narrative heading into it. Uh, I was. I, I was kind of sure that Omega was going to win just because I know that a lot of people would lose their shit if Omega didn't win, right? Uh, I, I think this is a, it's a watershed moment for New Japan. Yes, it is. It is. Uh, they're going to uh, the U.S. in a month. And as of now, um, some, some of our friends have pointed out, some of the more uh, valiant observers have pointed out that all but two of the championships in NJPW are held by Gaijin. Right, so you've got Kenny Omega as the heavyweight champion, Chris Jericho as IC champion, the Young Bucks as Chris tag Jericho team champions. Chris Jericho is fucking IWGP Intercontinental Champion. Right, uh, Michael Elgin won the Never Openweight Championship, uh, Jay White still US champ. Who's junior heavyweight champion? Uh, Targun? Uh, no, 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 it's Hiromu. So oh, he's Hiromu. not part so of he's the a Japanese United. champ. Yeah, one of two Japanese champions and you got uh, Sho Inyo the junior heavyweight tag champs. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, and so th- that's pretty much it. That that's their their championship lineup. So uh, heading into uh, the Cow Palace, I I I'm I'm just really excited for those fans because yeah. hey, it's going to be a big deal for them when these Gaijins show up yeah, holding the championship. It's not obvious yet that they're trying to hook uh, a Western audience, more of a Western audience, as they get to head to the Cow Palace. It should be really obvious now, as you know, all all the white people. We're holding the championships. <laughs> yeah, so it's a big deal. Congratulations to Kenny Omega. Well-deserved, obviously. Uh, he's he's one of the guys who really put the company on his back and really uh, um, served as the face of the company to the Western world. Um, and it couldn't have come at a better time given the expansion of New Japan as a company and as a brand. Uh, Shout-out as well to Chris Jericho, one of my all-time favorites. Uh, I didn't think he would win the I, IC championship. I thought uh, I thought he would. Uh, just right before the match started because I was thinking, okay, this guy already lost to, to Kenny Omega at Wrestle Kingdom. So there's no way. Or I, if I were them, I wouldn't be giving Jericho a second straight loss as a part-timer. Right, right. Um, and if I, I guess it's something that you pointed out first. But if you look at the match and the way that the finish was constructed, it was the most WWE-like finish. It is, yes, yes. In the whole card, right? So I... I Admittedly, didn't enjoy that as much as Omega Jericho. But for what it was worth, you know, seeing Jericho tell that story and then win the championship and then uh, beat up Naito, prompting Evil to come out, I thought that was great storytelling. Can't uh, can't wait to see where this goes from here. So I'm I'm really happy that Y2J is the IWGP Intercontinental Champion. Same, same. All right. I think it's gonna be interesting. Even though, even though he's probably just gonna hold it till. 
uh, July or whatever. Yeah, in the words of Usher, Shorty, I don't mind. <laughs> okay. All right, now let's talk about WWE because we are days away from another supercharged weekend of wrestling. First, you've got NXT TakeOver Chicago. That's on Sunday, Manila time. And then on Monday, Manila time, you've got Money in the Bank. Mm-hmm. So let's run down the card really quickly and give you our predictions for the cards. Let's start with TakeOver Chicago. Chicago Street Fight. I'm calling this as the main event. As sure. it should be. Probably, probably is. Yeah, Johnny Gargano versus Tommaso Ciampa. Does Ciampa get his W back? Because I think, I think there's no other way here but to go for another signature Gargano win. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. Um, he already got the, the Gargano win, but I think uh, Ciampa's been punked out too many times. Uh, I think he has to take one and then culminate in whatever the takeover is for SummerSlam. Brooklyn. Brooklyn Odette. Brooklyn yeah. floor. Bro- Brooklyn four. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Alright. Uh, next up you've got the NXT championship match. Lars Sullivan challenging Alistair Black for the title. Which is weird and obviously it's uh Alistair Black win. Yeah, yeah. Uh lol Alistair wins. Come on lol. <laughs> Well, yeah, uh, if, if you watch this week's episode, uh, you can kind of see Lars Sullivan kind of getting the upper hand. But then again, you know, if you follow traditional wrestling yeah. logic, it only means that the champion will retain come take over Chicago. Women's championship, you've got Nikki Cross challenging Shayna Baszler. I think Baszler still retains because I think they're yeah. setting yeah. her up for like an Asuka-like monster run. Probably is. Yeah. Uh, and then you've got the tag team championships between Kyle O'Reilly and Roderick Strong. They're defending against the Brit Ambrawlers. Danny Birch and Oni Lorcan. <laughs> uh, no, no. What that? No. Ear retains? Yeah, yeah. Ear retains. He foes dollar sign retains. All right, all right. And finally, uh, the singles match I'm waiting for, Ricochet versus the Velveteen Dream. Oh, yeah, yeah. This is tough. It's it's a ricochet match to lose. Eh, uh, Phoenix sure. or ricochet win though. Yeah. And uh, I I think they're gonna be lo- they're gonna try to steal the show as much as possible. I think, I, I think they will. This, I this, think this is the signature uh, steal the show match, right? There's I, always one of those matches on the card. I think the Dream has proven himself to be able to steal the show. Uh huh. So yeah, uh, that's that's what we're looking forward to seeing come Sunday for Takeover Chicago. Now let's go to the main roster and talk about Money in the Bank. Right. Uh, let's start with the last man standing match for the WWE Championship. That one features AJ Styles and Shinsuke Nakamura. Is this the win that we're waiting for? for it the should King be. Strong it really style? should be. Uh, to me, if they don't do it, it's going to be know, a huge waste of Nakamura. Yeah, yeah. You know what? Uh, they they built up the entire story of Nakamura mm-hmm. calling the last man standing like his match. He yeah. tried to take ownership of it with a count to ten gimmick. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's any other way to go as well. Yeah, yeah. It's they've been holding off on this for way too long. It's like Omega Okada, but you know, less, uh, less exciting. Yeah. Uh, will people turn on AJ Styles if AJ retains? I don't think so. I think they're smart enough to. I think AJ is likable enough. It's not like Roman Reigns where you get the feel that they are pushing him down your throat. It's like uh, I think people will will look at this if AJ wins and see that uh, okay, they're clearly not sure what to do here. More so it's ever. more of an indictment on creative in WWE. Yeah, than more than ever. AJ. More than it is for Roman. All right. Okay. Next up, uh, l- let's say the Money in the Bank matches for later. Uh, Daniel Bryan versus Big Cass. Does Cass get his W back? I think he does. I think he finally does. Because it, it would be silly, I think, for for you guys to build up Big Cass and not give him any sort of, any sort of uh, decisive win. So I think uh, Bryan has to lose here. For, I mean, it doesn't hurt him. Yeah, uh, I think we're, he, he's at a point where, as Camus mentioned weeks ago, he doesn't really need to be champion anymore. Yeah. 
Exactly. Like, yes, yes. He's kind of like 2000 Shawn Michaels. Sure. At this point, diba? Okay, uh, next. Bobby Lashley versus Sami Zayn. I'm actually invested in this now after the obstacle course segment they did on Raw. <laughs> I don't know why. I, I actually enjoy that segment. Um, I think I think Lashley gets this because it's his first pay-per-view. Yeah, it's, it's to build up Lashley. Yeah, so he gets this. Unless, you know, Zayn happens to win by cheating. And then, but, but I think it's, it's, a, it's a feud that run, has run its course, no pun intended. Sure, uh, sure. Uh, it's a feud for Lashley to win, and they can all move on. Maybe Lashley could go challenge Seth Rollins. All right. Next, uh, Roman Reigns versus Jinder Mahal. Uh, Obviously, Roman's Roman going to win this. Yeah. But it's also possible that they draw this out and and you know have Jinder win it for the, the rubber match at the next pay-per-view. I really don't care about this matchup, so I'm just going to say Law Roman wins. Uh, you got your tag team championship match on SmackDown between the Bludgeon Brothers and the Good Brothers. It is a Bludgeon Brothers win. It's a kickoff show match, pala, right? It's a yeah, kickoff it, it, match. They moved it to the kickoff show. Yeah, yeah. All right, so Harper and Rowan probably going to retain this one. SmackDown Women's Championship between Carmella and Asuka. Mm, that's actually Fidico, a tough one. I, I think it's going to be an Asuka win. Yeah, I think it is. I think so too. Parang yung, yung Nakamura situation that they yeah, held off yeah. on it from WrestleMania, right? they're, they're saving it for another uh, smaller show, I guess. So yeah. Next, uh, Raw Women's Championship, Nia Jax versus Ronda Rousey. Ito dalawa questions kayo. One, are they actually going to pull the trigger on the Ronda win? And two, is Nia heel for good? Uh, I think she is because you can't have her flip flop back and forth that quick. She's like the female big show, though. Mm. Yeah, it is. I, I don't is. like what they did. Na, you know, they tried to build her as the bully victim and then yeah, the anti bullying story, only for her to be a bully like weeks later. Mm. So you just proved Alexa Bliss right. She was yeah, right yeah. all along. Yeah, she has been a bully all along. Yeah, but I'm like, no, like, fuck that. I, I don't have like a good that. explanation for it. I think. Yeah, no, I, I thought that was stupid. Um, will they pull the trigger on a Ronda win? Because I, I, obviously, I no, think it's way I, too early. I think, I think no. I think I, not I now. Hope they don't. I hope they don't. I think it's something they're going to uh, push till SummerSlam. At the very least. At the very least, yeah. All right. Okay, okay. So uh, we're going to call for uh, Naya to retain here. Now let's talk about the women's money, the bank ladder match. Uh, is this anyone's for sure? Uh, I want Becky Lynch to win. I really want that. Phoenix is also going to be a Becky win. But I think it's going to be an Alexa win. Not Sasha? Not Sasha. All right. So it's Ember, Charlotte, Alexa, Becky, Natalia, Lana, Naomi, and Sasha. Uh, weeks ago, we did the uh, the rankings about in, uh, in order of who needs to win this the most. I remember number one was Becky Lynch. Yeah, she needs it, but you know. I think it's going to be an Alexa win. Okay. See, see. I'm, I'm still going to pick Becky Lynch. I think it's still going to go her way. As for the men's on Raw, you've got Braun Strowman, Finn Balor, Bobby Roode, and Kevin Owens. And on SmackDown, you've got The Miz, Rusev, Samoa Joe, and one of the guys from The New Day. Right. Two questions. One, which member of The New Day is, winning, uh, is, is entering the match? And two, who wins this? Mm. Uh, you know what? I think it's Kofi. But I, th- I really think it's bet. Kofi, yeah. I think it's going to be Kofi. Shane safe bet, deba. Right? He is the ladder match guy. Yeah. But what if they do like all, all three of them? Oh, you're going to tag No. Ten-man match? Yeah. It's happened before. I think it would be a dick move because yeah, they're baby faces. Yeah. Right? Yeah, uh, fine, fine, fine. Let's, let's stick with Kofi as a New Day guy. And to win, I don't know. It's You know what? I'm going to go with a dark horse here. I think it's going to be... Kevin Owens. Shit, that was my pick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because he's the most opportunist among uh, all the guys, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, I think it's going to be Kevin Owens. Like, uh, the way that they set up the story, you know, he was trying to get all the other Raw guys to gang up on Braun Strowman. He's probably going to try to pull off some something similar come money in the bank itself, and then when nobody's looking, he'll be the one climbing that ladder to retrieve the briefcase. Feel good shape uh possible na you know the, the winner for the for the contract and I actually wouldn't mind. I'd love that. I'd I'd love to see this. Right. So those are our predictions. Let us know. Do you agree? Do you disagree? Do you think someone else is a dark horse pick? Someone else deserves it more? Hit us up at the SGP Podcast on Twitter. For me, it's at underscore Stancy. And for Roe, it is at Roe is War. Hey. Right now, we've made you wait long enough. Or if you know, if you skipped to this part of the podcast, yeah, good you for you. Can. Yeah, you, you, have it, the, you have the freedom to skip. Yeah, I mean, we do put the timestamps on the description for a reason, right? So this is the part you've been waiting for: our interview with former WWE superstar Zayda Zang. Yeah. All right, we've been really excited to get this guest on the SGP podcast. Uh, no commas this week, so it's just me and Ro, and we're going to be talking to one of the alumni of the May Young Classic, and she's also a former NXT superstar. Please welcome to the SGP podcast, Zeta. Hey, Zeta. Hi there. How are you? We're good, thank you. Uh, how are you today on this fine on your time on this fine morning? It's awesome. Nice and sunny today. So in Florida. All right. By the way, thank you for taking our, our, you know, our interview. We hope to make it worth your while. Of course. Actually, it's a huge deal to us because, of course, you know, we're on the other side of the world. We're Asians, too. And, yeah. you know, being represented on a global stage like WWE by someone like yourself, I, I guess I want to start off the interview by asking about um, how it feels for you to have made it to the stage like WWE as an Asian American. It is something that I never expected to happen. And I just always saw it as, okay, chase your dream, keep doing what you love, and hopefully it will pay off. And it did. So I'm really happy that I got a chance to be there and show myself a little bit. But the work's not done, and I'm going to keep going with it. Before we go into what your plans are right now, I, I, just, I guess we want to start off at the very beginning. So, uh, we, so we see on your Instagram that you are pretty multi-talented. Uh, you post a lot of throwback pics, and in them you are either fighting in MMA or martial arts, or you're either posting about your, your singing career. So, first, how did you get in those, and then how did you end up into pro wrestling? Well, I actually always loved the arts. Um, I started drawing since I was two and just knew I wanted to go into the art field. And when I was nine, I started, well, I was singing when I was four, but when I was nine, I became more serious about it. So I continued singing and that went that route. But as a kid around four years old, my grandma took care of me and she was really into watching pro wrestling. And even though I had no idea what was going on, I just know that I enjoyed it. I never thought I would be pro wrestling, much less doing any sports. But um, as I got older and went off to college, I felt really unsafe there. I was living in a really rough city and felt the need to protect myself. So I started doing martial arts for protection. And I tried wrestling when I was in middle school. But during the time, I had to go to a boarding school, and they told me that girls were not allowed on team. So I always had that urge to want to wrestle or at least try it out, but never had the chance. So later, when I was picking out a martial arts school, I picked out uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu because it was the closest thing to wrestling. Because, as you know, um, 
with wrestling, I actually, well, I actually had no idea that there was a difference between amateur and pro wrestling. I thought it was the same thing. Uh So uh, I tried to go out for wrestling, but in college, you can't just go and join a wrestling team at that point. You would have to have done it like throughout your childhood all the way up to get on the So I went for Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu because it was the closest thing, which led to MMA. And actually through my MMA connection, I actually don't even really know this guy. He just uh, has a lot of mutual friends with me through the MMA community. And he contacted me and was like, you know, I've been watching you train. I think you'd be great for WWE. If you really want to try out, let me know and I'll get you a tryout. So I started training for it and I was just doing MMA style training before that and then going to a strength and conditioning gym. And at that strength and conditioning gym, um, I was telling my coaches, like, I'm training for this tryout for WWE. And they said, oh, well, there's actually a pro wrestling gym down the street from us. And I had no idea that there was even gyms for that. So that gym ended up being Santino Brothers in Los Angeles. Mm, okay. So I went there for a couple months and went through my tryout, got through, and now here I am. <laughs> like. Uh, you mentioned that you ended up training in Santino Brothers. So have you always lived on the West Coast? Like, did you really grow up in the L.A. area? Or uh, where's your family originally from? Uh, no, I'm actually from Virginia. Okay. My dad is from Shanghai, China. And my mom is from, like, her family is from Formosa, which later turned into what we know as Taiwan. So I am second generation, born in the U.S., and they were the ones who immigrated over here. But I moved out to L.A. for three and a half years about um, to chase my dreams because I wanted to be in arts and entertainment. So and MMA was like big. It's big out there. So I went out there for that, too. How did you also become a recording artist, a, a singer? Well, I've always loved singing. I remember. So I didn't know English until I was like six, okay. even though I was born in the U.S. I didn't know English and I remember being in preschool and we would have choir and I would just mumble the words because I didn't know what I was singing but I knew the tune and I always had a really good ear for music and was able to just sing stuff and hit pitches and I really enjoyed it so I just kept going that route but I wasn't super serious into it because you know, I have a very traditional Asian family with an Asian upbringing and going the artistic entertainment route isn't exactly looked highly upon. So I was always told to not do that. But like secretly deep down, that's what I really wanted to do. So I would kind of do it on the side. But it wasn't until I was told by my parents you know what, go chase your dreams. So I moved out to California to chase my dreams for like music, MMA, and the entertainment business. So uh, meanwhile, I was doing regular, just going to college, pursuing a regular type of work, but at the same time, secretly doing what I truly wanted to do and just hoping that an opportunity would come about. But it wasn't until the end of my college when I was working a regular job, my parents saw how unhappy I was, was when they told me, hey, go chase your dreams. So that's when I went out to California, L.A., and just fully pursued my arts and entertainment music career because everything's out there. 
dabble in it here and there, but it wasn't until I moved out there in 2013 is when I really tried to pursue it. I, I can really relate to the struggle of, you know, uh, being in a traditional Chinese upbringing because I'm also, uh, I'm a third generation Chinese living in the Philippines. So, like, I, I totally understand the whole, uh, you have to go start a business or you have to be in the corporate world and pursuing any arts or creative related field is a bit challenging, especially for the older generations to understand. So, um, you mentioned that it took them actually seeing you going through the motions and being unhappy with your work. Um, but what was their initial reaction? Like, did they explicitly forbid you from pursuing wrestling or the arts? Or did they just not really mind it and just hope that you would forget it eventually? Well, they really were against it. I mean, as a kid, they were so busy. trying. Like, my parents, they grew up really poor. And they came to the U.S., like starting from zero and building eventually a restaurant and ended up going to the restaurant business. And all they did was work at a restaurant every single day. So no one took care of me except for my grandmother. That's also the reason why I didn't know any English because she only spoke Mandarin Chinese. (laughs) So, yeah. So that's all I knew all the way up until I was like six is when I started picking it up at school. But Uh, Luckily, by the time I got to my pro wrestling career, they had become more accepting of it only because I tried to convince them of everything else I wanted to do my whole life. So as a kid, I was drawing and I just knew I wanted to do art. I wanted to be an artist of some sort. So as I got older, that changed, but it was always within the field of art. And when I got to around high school, I had to really think about my career. And when I was 14, I started doing graphic design. And at that time, graphic design was just starting. It wasn't very popular and people were making good money with graphic design. I wanted to make sure I was able to do a job that paid decent and make my parents happy as well as do something that I personally wanted to do. So my parents wanted me to be a lawyer and doctor and My grades were honestly not that great to be able to do that. And then they told me I should go into business, but it's not what I truly wanted to do. And so I convinced them to let me go into graphic design, let them know that graphic design pays well at that time. And they didn't want me to do it and told me I had to prove to them whether or not I was good at art. Because they were so busy, they never really seen me do art, even though throughout my whole childhood and teen years, I won a lot of art awards. Like Every time there's art competitions, I would win that. And they saw that, but they still didn't believe that I was good enough. So right before I had to go off to college and like pick out colleges, I showed them all my artworks, and that convinced them to let me go into art. They're like, all right, it's pretty good. We'll, we'll let you go to this art school. So I went to a art school, uh, Virginia Commonwealth University, and went there to pursue graphic design. But uh, during that time, by the time I got to college, the market was oversaturated for graphic design. So two years in, I realized I'm probably not going to get a job in graphic design. So let me switch my major. I ended up switching to public relations and minor in business. So when I got out of college, I was lucky enough to land a graphic design job, but also market. There's marketing and graphic design. 
So I was doing that, working a desk job every single day, and I hated my life. And <laughs> when my parents, yeah, I, I just really didn't want to do it. And when I was in college, I because I moved to such an unsafe city, I took up martial arts to protect myself. And I never thought I would go any further with it. I just did it for protection and for exercise. But I ended up competing, falling in love with it, and wanting to go that route. And my parents, they were not happy with it. I remember they asked me what I did today. I would tell them I went to school, and then I went to the gym and trained. And then they would tell me, don't go to the gym too much. Stop wasting your time and focus on school. And they didn't know that I was secretly going to the gym so much. I was going a lot, and I didn't want to upset them, so I didn't tell them. Uh-huh. Then I had my competitions and won my competitions, and I remember calling them and telling them, hey, I won my first tournament. And they were just like, oh, okay, good job, bye. Like, And I was just <laughs> like, what? what? Like, like, just they don't even care about it. So I was like, oh, man, they're not going to be happy that they – realized how into it I really was. But yeah, it's very typical of, of the Asian uh, upbringing, isn't it? I know how you feel. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. So it was finally all that convincing. I finally convinced them to come to my second MMA fight. Like they weren't there for my first one. So for my second one, they finally came. I bought them tickets, got them in the front row. And when they saw me and saw me win that fight is when they realized you know, she probably can do this for real. And so they started believing in me and letting me go that route. And then it was later after that, I was also doing music. And so at that point, they had already given me the power to just go chase my dreams. So yeah, I did and that. And it's empowering, right? Like once they give you that blessing. They gave me that when I, because I was doing MMA while I was in college and also working that desk job. So it was during that time when they saw how unhappy I was tr- missing my training to go work this nine to five is when they told me to go chase my dreams. So that's when I put all my time into MMA. And when I realized that the MMA entertain- and the entertainment business is out in L.A. is when I moved. So I moved out there and chased that full on. And that's when WWE found me. And at that point, my parents were accepting of it because you know, all those years of me trying to convince them and convince them, they finally believed in me. And now they're very supportive. All right. Uh, so you mentioned the WWE. They found you in L.A. So what was that like? What's the story of that and, you know, you getting into their company? So it was actually through my MMA connection. Uh, they referred me to WWE and they con- WWE saw my profile and all the stuff and contacted me and brought me in for a tryout so i was living in la but the connection that took me there he is a guy that lived all the way in canada we just ended up training at the same uh, actually no i went out to greg jackson's mma to train for a couple weeks like here and there and i became friends with a girl who writes for fight magazine and she interviewed this fighter on one fc and so that fighter, he was the one that added me because we have mutual friends, and he was the one that got me connected with WWE. So then I flew out to Orlando, and here I am in Orlando. 
All right. Uh, and then uh, how, how, was it, how was the feeling or how did you know you were going to take part in the first ever May Young Classic as not just a reserve, but as an actual part of the first pool of competitors? Man, I honestly had no idea that I was going to be able to get that opportunity. Um, I was just focused on my training and just learning everything I can. And then they came to me and said I was going to be one of the few girls that's going to be in it. And I just feel really fortunate and excited but nervous at the same time because I was still very new at the time. I had just gotten there for like few months. So being able to jump into that was nerve wracking because it was the first time that the world was really going to see me. Such an honor to be able to represent like my culture on such a big platform. And then uh, how, how aware are you of, of women's wrestling, you know, the mainstream women's wrestling or even independent women's wrestling at the time? Like, how aware were you like you were you were going to work with, you know, some of the biggest names in, in the business around the nation or around the world right now? I was not that aware, to be honest, okay. um, because I didn't come from a pro wrestling background. I went into MMA because of pro wrestling, but I didn't know the difference at the time. And I didn't know all the way till I was 25 that there's a difference in pro wrestling and amateur wrestling. So later, when I was 28, yeah, about 28, 29 is when I uh, ended up doing the training and getting into pro wrestling. So it wasn't when I got to WWE when, or right before I got to WWE was when I started studying up on everything. So yeah, I, I knew some of the girls and who they were, but to be really, really knowledgeable of them and their whole history, not so much only because I've been studying WWE because that's where I was working at during the time. So you represented China in the Mae Young Classic, but you mentioned that your dad is from Shanghai, your mom is from Taiwan. Was there like any conflict within you? Or like, did you have to pick between China or Taiwan? Or was it something that WWE decided for you to take? How was that like? Well, no, because um, so a lot of people, when they think of China and Taiwan relations, it's not very positive. Yeah, it's not. But my mom... She actually, her family has been in Taiwan for, like, way before Taiwan was even Taiwan. They, it's like 20 generations in. Uh-huh. So my family, they saw it as, you know, everyone's the same. Yeah, they see it as everyone's the same, but later on, there's the whole politics of everything. So at the end of the day... um my parents made it work with each other. So, okay. like, they don't really <laughs> care on who I represent. Because at the end of the day, if we're here checking the boxes of uh, your nationality, there's only so many boxes, and one of them is Chinese. They don't have Taiwanese on them. So, to be more politically correct and... Uh, trying to make sense for the rest of the world, it would make sense for me to represent Chinese because race-wise, it is Chinese. Right. Did that idea to represent China in the Mayan Classic come from you or was it uh, a WWE's idea as well? Well, WWE gave me the choice. Okay. They gave me a choice of whether I wanted to represent China or America. Okay. 
And I want it to represent China because the thing is, growing up, I kind of had a identity crisis <laughs> being born in the U.S. Uh-huh. I didn't, to the Americans, I was Chinese. But yes. to the Chinese, I was American. <laughs> yeah, I feel the same way right now. I just feels. And it sucked having to like not be accepted anywhere. But overall, when someone looks at me, I'm still Chinese to them. And that's just the reality of it. So it makes more sense for me to represent my roots and to be proud of my roots because I never really understood it as a child. It wasn't until I got older when I started connecting with my culture, which in turn actually ended up building a better relationship with me and my family. So it's something I want to be proud of. And it's something that I want to represent, especially for someone who has an opportunity to represent for the Asian people out there on such a big platform such as WWE. So of course, I'm not going to represent American culture. I'm going to represent my real roots, which is Chinese. Right, right. So you mentioned having to be proud of your culture, of your heritage, and having competed in WWE and for other promotions. Did a promoter ever have to make you portray a stereotypical Chinese gimmick or a stereotypical Asian gimmick? And how do you feel about those roles and their place in wrestling today? Uh, I've only been under the WWE brand, and there isn't too much say about our characters. I mean, I grew up hating stereotypes so i did everything i could to be the anti-stereotype but at this point in my life i just i just have to laugh it off (laughs) if people try to hurt you by stereotyping you and you let them get to you then they win but if you make it a joke and don't take it so seriously and laugh it off then everyone wins Mm -hmm. because the reality is people whether they do it maliciously or not Sometimes stereotypes is something that is easy to recognize. And I don't want to be the bad stereotype for my culture, but if it's something that is fun and lighthearted, I'll do it. Or if it's something that's positive, such as stereotype of all Asians being lawyers or doctors, I mean, I don't mind that stereotype. That's a great stereotype because we're smart. So luckily, I'm okay with, certain things as long as it doesn't cross the line to where it's degrading right so so have you heard from the chinese american and probably i guess the rest of the asian american communities the fan base either in in the states or around the world wherever you've worked towards you and maybe the other chinese or asian uh, performance center recruits like maybe zia lee uh tian bing and you know the others oh yeah uh it's been really nice, uh, very flattering. Honestly, I had no idea it was such a big reach. But um, the community, the Asian community, has been very welcoming, and being an inspiration to them is fulfilling. Uh, actually, the World Journal actually contacted me and did an article for their Asian fans and hearing the stories from their fans and how I helped them believe and gave them the courage to chase their dream is more than anything I could ask for because it's something I've had to struggle with 
with Asian upbringing versus what my heart really desires. So having that opportunity to change lives is like so big and nothing I ever imagined. And it's just really nice to get that feedback from the Asian community. And it just makes me want to work that much harder to try and represent for them. And it's been the same for Kim Bing and Xia Lee and all the other Asian recruits because they finally get a place where they're able to represent their culture and have Asians seen differently. Because the thing is, back then, Asians weren't really in the limelight. They weren't really on TV. And then slowly you'll start seeing them more and more. And then there's even issues of like sometimes the stereotype in a negative way. But I think, you know, the world is slowly going towards uh, being more equal and trying to show every race in a different light. So now you're seeing more and more Asians in the entertainment industry and with more serious roles, which is great. And I want to be part of that. I want to be someone who can be a good role model for the Asian community. So we mentioned uh, Tian Bin and uh, Xia Li, and you know, there's also Liu Gao, right? What's your relationship with them like? Like, did you act as a as a bigger sister or as someone who a translator? You know, yeah, yeah, as a translator, someone to introduce them, them to American yeah, culture, yeah, exactly. right? To to help them understand certain contexts. Yeah, I I did everything. <laughs> I did everything. so that was it was very tiresome, but at the same time. You know, they're like, I want to help them out. So, of course, I try to do everything I can for them to get acclimated because it's hard being in a different world, especially like even for me being born in the U.S., it was really hard for me. So I can't even imagine how tough it is for them being just fresh from China to U.S. and just leaving your whole life behind to try and get acclimated to this whole new culture as well as a whole new industry. So I do everything I can with um, uh, translating. I do their bills, their phone calls, <laughs> wow. their emails, their mails, buying a car, life stuff, grocery, like everything. Everything you can think of, I had to do. So now after a year and a half, you know, all that has finally paid off for them. And they picked up on their English and they're getting better with their stuff and promos and stuff because I had to write all their promos as well. And <laughs> honestly, I'm still doing all that. I'm still helping them with everything, even though I'm not with WWE anymore. Mm -hmm. But they've become my friends and they become like brothers and sisters to me at this point. All right. Uh, before we talk about, or before we ask about your your release from the WWE, uh, can I ask what's your favorite part of working in the WWE? I think it was just the fact that everyone wanted to work together as a team, and it's not just one person that makes the magic happens. It, it's so many parts involved, and even. Even if you don't like each other, if someone doesn't like each other, you still would try to make it work for the better of the whole show. And it's like a family. So it's really nice to be able to have that. And when you're training with someone day in and day out and you're going to shows with them, like we work six days a week, 
you're you really grow close to the people there. So just having that family, it's really nice because half, actually more than half the time, my family's not in the United States. They live in Taiwan. Oh, so okay. I don't really get to see them. And with the time difference, I barely even get to talk to them on the phone. So I'm really alone here. So it's just nice to have someone else kind of be like my family who isn't my blood all right, uh, so can we ask about your release? Um, when and how did you find out WWE released you? And how do you feel about that? So I found out on June 1st. It came as a surprise. Honestly, um, the higher-up people didn't even know until last minute because oh. things happen really fast there. Of course, I'm sad about it, but like I said, everything's constantly changing in the industry. It could be from budgeting to marketing to like people coming in and all the people going up. So there's a lot of things and reasons. I'm just not what they need right now. And they've been really nice about it. And they kept their doors open and told me whenever I want another tryout that I can. So meanwhile, I'm just gonna keep exploring this world of wrestling and really get my like feet wet because I've only learned it the WWE way. Right. So I'm interested to learn all the different styles out there because wrestling is so big. You know, I want to learn UK style, Japanese style, Mexican style, like any style to make me better as a wrestler. So in a way, yeah, even though it sucks not be there, I'm also in another way, there's a silver lining that I get to learn everything and I get to travel and meet different people and really see how it's like for myself rather than just being shown a part of it because we're not told a lot when we're in there. Right. We just go do our work. We go in and we train and we just listen and they tell us what they want us to do, but we don't have much say in what we want to do. So now being a free agent, I'm able to learn and do everything for myself. Right, so you had your MMA and you had your singing, and you could have easily gone back to either of those uh, after you got released from the from WWE. Uh, was it easy for you to make the decision to continue pro wrestling? Uh, yes. Okay. So with my MMA and music, I mean, I love them both, but I realized that everything I was doing was sports entertainment. Like okay. I was so packed, so busy, modeling, dancing, singing doing MMA, it's, it's hard and acting. It's hard to do five different things all at once and be truly good at like an expert at all of it. So at some point I'm going to have to start breaking off on some of it because during my college times I was doing everything. I was so tired and so stressed out and so busy to the point where I worked myself into the emergency room oh. due to stress. I only two hours a night for a month and a half. Now that month and a half, there was 72 hours that I didn't sleep at all. Damn. So it took a toll on my health. And I can't allow that, especially being in such a physical sport, in a physical world. I just can't do that to myself. So when I moved out to LA, I narrowed it down. I'm like, all right, I'm just going to focus on MMA and music. And so I narrowed it down to just two things. And that's what I focused my time on. So, and yeah, I would model because 
that was my moneymaker out mm-hmm. there also. So I would model, but to say I was seriously pursuing modeling at that time, I wasn't. Not anymore, at least. So when I got to WWE, I realized that doing pro wrestling is the perfect combination of everything that I've wanted to do in my life. So this is the most fitting route for me to take. For those who aren't aware or who aren't actively following you, uh, what are your plans for your pro wrestling career moving forward after this uh, release? Wrestling a lot. (laughs) So I've already booked a bunch of shows that's coming up. So I will be in the indie scene and you'll see me like all over the U.S. and possibly even overseas in different countries. So I'm working on everything. You know, I've only been released for not even two weeks yet. So everything's still in the work right now. Hopefully by the end of the month, you guys will see all my future shows and all the stuff that I'm going to be on. Have the wrestling companies in China already come knocking at your door? And what do you think of the scene over there? Yes, I'm actually in talks with them. Uh, (laughs) I'm actually in talks with them. So it's just a matter of, you know, the details of Visa and me flying out there. And if I live out there, uh, you know, the cost and knowing all the details for me to be able to live out there and do this full time. So that's basically what's going on right now and waiting on that. And we'll see what happens. So you mentioned that the promotions in China have reached out. Can you cut a promo in Chinese? (laughs) Okay, yeah. Really? (laughs) All right. No, I, I wasn't going to ask for a sample, but if you're going to sample uh, some Mandarin, yeah, you. please go right ahead. <laughs> I'd love to hear it. Okay, got it. Hello,这是Zayda 所以希望每个人可以继续关注我。Yo, that, that was pretty good. Anyone? Wait, what did she say? Anyone, Sam, what did she say? Anyone understand that? Sam, I did, I did. Uh, <laughs> what did she say? Uh, she was basically saying that uh, if, if uh, they give her an opportunity, she'll go out there Ooh. and show uh, what she can offer. Something, le- something along those lines, right? Yeah, and I'll represent, I'll represent the Chinese culture and show you what it's like. Uh, from basically represent the Chinese culture and be able to show you what it's like for a Chinese person to do pro wrestling. Ah. And hope you guys continue to follow my career. Uh-huh. Wait, can I can I ask uh, what do you think of the idea that, or the, the the fact that there is actually a Chinese wrestling scene in China? I was actually surprised that it came so late (laughs) i thought i thought they would already have it um but things are different you know and it's nice that they're starting to build better late than never because i just figured they would have it because the mma is already over there and mma came later than pro wrestling so 
it kind of went backwards over there. But as long as they're having it, it's really promising and it's really nice to be able to have pro wrestling have a even bigger audience because it's such a unique industry. Like I can't even describe anything else that's like it's literally like a mix between like fighting, acting, ventriloquist, like everything. Magic, like all together. So having that available on such a big platform, especially in China, is really good for not just everyone, but for me, being that I am Chinese. Mm -hmm. And I just want to be a part of that, like just show the world that, you know, you can do this and you don't have to be in a doctor lawyer job. And there is something out there that you can be on a bigger platform. Amen. Amen. Go this route for all the people who want to do sports and entertainment, because I'm sure there's other people out there that's like me who want to be able to do certain things, but was never allowed to. And then those things, they have a bunch of stuff that they want to choose from, but just don't know which one to give up on because they're really passionate about all of it. So, so that's been the toughest thing is trying to figure out, like, I love art so much that I love all parts of art. And to have to give up any part of it, like, hurts my soul. So it's really nice to be able to do something that allows me to do all of it at the same time. All right. Um, so I looked through your Twitter and I saw the dates uh, that you mentioned, right? Like you've got your upcoming bookings over there. And now that you're beginning to explore the indie scene um, as an Asian-American wrestler, as a Chinese-American wrestler, what are the biggest challenges that you feel you have to overcome? I feel like I have a lot to prove. So I need to prove myself because there is no pro wrestling in well, there wasn't any pro wrestling in China. It's still relatively new, and not coming from that background where everyone else has had like 10, 15, even 20 years of experience, I have to go up against that. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, I'm willing to learn, and I just want them to see that I'm serious about this and that I'm willing to put in time so that they can, you know eventually work with me and I could work with them and we can just put on an awesome show. So that's been the challenge, but it's also been a benefit to me only because there are no female Chinese wrestlers um, in the Indies right now. So, or even, you know, even WWE, Zia Lee is the only other one. So it's, really nice to be able to be the first one and hopefully if things go very well I want it to expand all the way to China and all the other Asian countries. China, Taiwan you know, any other Asian countries because that's just better for the overall overall industry. We'd love to have you in Manila. (laughs) I would love to. I have a lot of Filipino friends and I've just been Wanting to go there so bad. <laughs> oh, we would love to have you for real. We would, you know, love to accommodate you and take you around. Uh, do you hey, have? If there are any, any Filipino promotions. There tell is. them to hit me up. I really want to go. Okay, we will. I really love to do that. We will definitely 
forward that 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 uh, that message. Um, do you have uh, a short list of people in the indie scene you already would like to work with, or are you still just you just want to get to know everyone? Well, I honestly want to get to know everyone. Yes, because it's I've only been in the WWE world, so now being out in the independent circuit, there's things that's different about it. There, everyone does their stuff differently. Everyone has a different background, and I kind of want to be able to have the freedom to explore and see how everyone works, because that's the only way that I can really learn. Is to just be thrown into it and work with everyone and not limit myself. And be like, okay, I'm only working with this person or I'm only working with that one. I want to be able to work with every single person because that's the only way to get good. Because with martial arts, it's not like, okay, if you're a black belt, you don't only roll around with black belts. You also roll with white belts, blue belts, purple belts, brown belts. Like, you have to work with everyone. So that way you can actually learn different things off of each person. It's the same way. As someone who has uh, gone for what she's wanted her almost her whole life, do you have any advice for young girls, for young women who are you know looking to get into wrestling or even MMA fighting, whatever they want, but you know people around them can't or you know tell them to do otherwise? How do you? How, what would you like to say to you know people looking up to you? I would like to say that. If you really want to pursue this and you want to make sure you don't disappoint your family, <laughs> yes. you yeah, you have to be reasonable and negotiate. So oh. what I did with my family was I told them, you know, I'm going to give me some time to fully pursue this. And if things don't really work out, then I'll consider, you know, going at it your way for a bit whether it be investing in real estate working a job where i could get enough money to make sure i'm financially stable because at the end of the day your parents want what's good for you is to be financially stable they don't want you broke out on the streets true um unless you're like me and i was broke on the streets and i didn't tell my family about it <laughs> oh my. but at the end of the day you don't want them to worry about you you have to be able to take care of yourself so it doesn't matter how you go about it go chase your dream full on but you have to have somewhat of a plan and be okay to not give them a headache as my dad told me growing up as long as you don't give me a headache and you're happy that's what's most important he told me that later on in my life that is actually that is actually a much different answer than I was expecting. I, I was figuring that you would say something like, "Oh, fuck everything, chase your dreams," but that is actually a pretty reasonable uh, way to look at it. <laughs> yeah, because you know, to be yeah, you have to be reasonable about it. You can't just be because if you're trying to be happy and you can't make money, that's going to take a toll on you. If right. you're constantly broke, having to be on the streets, that will take a toll on you. But you got to do what you got to do. If you have to go and work a job all day and be exhausted just so you can get the money to go pay for training and then go train to chase your dreams, then that's what you have to do. It's hard work, but hard work is what pays off. All right. So you're going to do that. Do that and make your parents feel at ease and chase your dream 100%. So that way, if they see results, 
they will be supportive of you. If they don't see results, they're probably like, yeah, maybe you should go back to a regular job. So, uh, We actually have listeners around the world. So would you like to advertise any, uh, any appearances or shows that you have in the near future? Uh, actually, yeah. So I am going to be at MLW, Major, uh, Major Wrestling League in florida but also traveling to uh new york for also mlw then there is supercon and queens of combat in north carolina and queens of combat again in north carolina and then i have a bunch of other ones that's coming up but it's not super set yet so i'm gonna have to uh you have to Stay tuned and follow me on Instagram at Zeta, Z-E-D-A underscore Zang, Z-H-A-N-G. And I will have all my updates posted on there. Is it okay if you thank your fans in Chinese? Yes, of course. <laughs> Thank you, Zeta. It was a great conversation. Thank you know, you we so had much. a lot of fun. I personally thought that the insights yeah, that was were really good. Yeah, they, they were profound. And um, I can't wait to see where your career takes you. I hope we see you on this part of the world, whether it's in China, Taiwan, Hong Kong, Manila, Manila Singapore. Right? Thank you so much. We look forward to seeing uh, where your career takes you. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak to us. Thank you. I really appreciate it. And it's been really nice talking to you all. And thank you. And thank you to all my Chinese fans and Asian fans and Filipino friends, every single person out there. Thank you so much. No, Thanks again to Zeta Zhang for that wonderful interview. That was really great. I I really love that interview. So much a great insight on being Asian American. Yeah, yeah. Uh, It's something I can definitely relate to just because uh, we're both Chinese and we kind of have parents who think similarly. You have to really struggle first and and work hard and next time they have art and passions and, and all that good stuff. So, you know, it's, it's nice to see someone actually uh, tuck her head down or not, not tuck her head down, but like, you know, just uh, go, go, go balls, to the wall <laughs> balls to the wall and uh, achieve whatever it is you have to achieve. Obstacles be damned. Actually, I'm not Chinese, but, you know, I'm not. And I, my parents aren't as strict as that, but I can feel it. I, I can feel the I mean, I, I'm sure most Asian parents are the same way. Right. So I think a lot of Pinoy yeah. parents would probably feel yeah, that yeah, way, yeah, especially you know. towards an industry like wrestling. Yeah, where, which doesn't really pay much if you're not, you know, at the big leagues. Yeah, and here in the Philippines, it's such a baby of an industry. Yeah, yeah it is. Right? There aren't really a lot of options if you want to know how to wrestle. So if you're a parent and you know nothing about wrestling, you're going to be very skeptical if your child comes up to you and says, Oi, ma, pa, mag-wrestling ako. Uh, but hey, speaking of uh, wrestling in the Philippines, uh, promoters, you heard that right? Zeta is willing to work here. Yes, she if, is. If you got the... If you are able to make her come work here. Yeah, and, and if you can do that, then Ro and I will be right there <laughs> watching the show, having a good time. Yeah. Right. Speaking of local promotions, we got uh, we to gotta talk about PWR Respeto. It's uh, Season 5, Episode 1, June 24. That's the date of the show. That is 
a week from this Sunday at 2 p.m. at 500 Shaw Zentrum. You've got your main event featuring Ken Warren and Mike Madrigal, three, sta- three stages of death for the Philippine Hybrid X Championship. And you've also got the first round of the PWR Championship number one contenders tournament. So those are uh, those are things that you definitely have to look out for. Tickets are already being sold at places like Kramer's Toy Warden. Uh, they're also available at the Tavern at the Crossroads and at uh, crap. What? Anin katabinan sa Cubao X? Wait, wait. I was just there last Friday. Yeah, yeah, I should know let, this. Let me look it up for you. Right. Uh, while I look it up. Yeah. While Ro looks it up, you can also uh, order the tickets online. So we've already made those options available. If you want to find out where you can score your tickets, please get them at the discounted rates. If you want uh, to score a discount, it's uh, pwr.tickets at gmail.com if you want to go oh, the direct route. Oh, maybe PWR tickets and a ticket to me. Yeah, there. Ticket to me. That's where you can find it. Uh, you can also just message us on Facebook, facebook.com slash phwrestlingrevel. All right? Uh, of course, you got MWF3, Republica. That's going to be this July at the Bahay ng Alumni once again. But it just says Tavern, so it's just Tavern. Okay, it's just, it's just Tavern. My bad, my bad. Oh. Yeah, uh, they're going to be back about Bahay ng Alumni for Republica. Tama ba? Uh, yeah, or, or yeah, am yes, I getting... yes, that's, that's okay. right. That's right. I got it right. Right. That's good. That's good. That that means I was paying attention. Right. So those are your local shows that are upcoming. And as for us, are we going to have any upcoming guests? Hmm. We're going to have to work on our uh, work on those next few emails that we'll be sending out, or those next messages hey. we'll be uh, we'll be composing. I think at this point, I think I think we can be confident enough to to ask you guys, the listeners, who who else do you want us to interview? Because we will try. Yeah, yeah. We will try and get you know the best guests for this podcast. Sure, you know, uh, but be realistic. Like we can't get anyone from WWE. Yeah, it kind of is a hard you know hurdle to jump through. So sure, I mean, uh, for starters, if you want someone from the WWE, you really have to go through their media department, and yes. that's something that we don't really have yeah. any clout over. No, you know, indie guys uh, around the world, I think. Are pretty fair game yeah yeah uh, so like when TJP was in the indies we were able to reach out to him but as soon as he won the championship in the tournament yeah like we uh, I got to contact him twice but uh, yeah, yeah. before that so you know uh, that goes to show that the indie scene is fair game if you want to make your own Cody Rhodes like wishlist and if you want to send it to us tag can, us yeah yeah tag us on Twitter it's at the SGP podcast at underscore Stancy and at Rose War and you know um, if their email addresses are available on their Twitter bios then it's going to be pretty easy yes. and convenient yes. to reach them the same way we were able to hit up Zeta Zhang who was Rose Get. Uh, I didn't want to say that on this episode but okay. Okay. Alright, now uh, now that we're done with all of the plugs let's get to our picks of the week. Alright, I'll start. I'll start. Um, obviously you're going to pick something from Dominion and there's nothing that can top Dominion. No, so well, I'm not going to pick. I don't have to pick the, the, the main event. If All right. You, if you want to pick the main event, no, no, no I'm not. I'm not going to pick the main All event. Right, sure. I'll pick the main event of NXT, which fe- or, or the semi main event of, of NXT. Uh, it was Pete Dunne versus Kyle O'Reilly for the United Kingdom Championship. I didn't think that Pete Dunne was going to lose, and no, he didn't lose. But uh, I was at the edge of my seat and at the ed- edge of my lunch as I was watching the match, and um, I love how they built up young feud between uh, all six guys, and I can't wait to see where. Uh, the next chapter will take us. All right, my pick of the week. I could easily pick the the main event, but you know everyone is already raving about it. It's got seven stars from Dave Meltzer, so I'm gonna pick something else you should watch from Dominion. It's the uh, IWGP Heavyweight Tag Team Championship match between Lij and the Young Bucks. 
And I, I just want to point this out because a lot of people still look at the Young Bucks and how silly they can be, you know, with their GIFs and their videos all over the internet. And uh, people still think that they can't or they don't have much psychology. But uh, I think that they displayed a lot of their skill here in this match with uh, Nick Jackson uh, having the injured leg and, you know, powering through everything just to win. And I think it's a really good study of what the Young Bucks can really bring to the table. Right, especially now that they've graduated to the heavyweight scene. Yes, exactly. Right, It's uncharted territory for the Young Bucks. There you have it, our picks of the week. And with that, on behalf of Raf Camus, who is out having dinner with family. Hey. <laughs> so at least he's not under the weather. Yeah, yeah. Right, And on behalf of Romaran, my name is Stan C. Thank you, Zeta Zhang. Thank you, all of you listeners of the SGP podcast. We are putting this one in the books, and we are out of here. Peace. Hey, this is for all my kiss stealing, wheeling dealing, limousine riding, jet flying, dripping son of a guns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.